This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 109. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Liam Dempsey. And I'm Tara Clays. Today we're joined by Reed Gusto. Reed is active in his local WordPress community. A local meetup organizer and former WordCamp organizer, Reed has been building websites and teaching WordPress for a long while now. Reed calls Philadelphia home. Welcome, Reed. We're glad you're here today. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Tara. Hello, Liam. Hey, Reed. Thanks for joining us. Great to see you again, old friend. Tell us a little bit more about yourself beyond what Tara shared, please. Well, I'm a lifelong Philadelphian, although I went to school in New York, went to NYU. Um, And I did live in Boston for a couple of years. Pardon me. I did live in Boston for a couple of years, but it's not anywhere near as good as Philadelphia. And I mean that sincerely. It's not uh, being facetious. Um, For most of my life, I worked for the American Red Cross Blood Services, and blood donation is still something that's very important to me. I helped to organize uh, blood drives at, in, uh, at my co-working space, Indy Hall, which works with National Mechanics to do blood drives three times a year. And that's something that's not WordPress, but very important to me. And I retired uh, about eight years ago from the Red Cross, and I've been uh, mostly doing WordPress since then and lately into photography. Reed, you and I have, have known each other a few years through our Philadelphia WordPress community. Yep. I think I, I, I described you at one point by saying there's nobody in Philadelphia who has a computer who doesn't know Reed. Uh, <laughs> you are very, very active, not just in the WordPress community, but also, as you noted, in your local meetup and other tech communities. Would you share a little bit about the other communities that you uh, engage with and support and take part of? Sure. And that was, by the way, that was a very flattering and um, grossly exaggerated uh, statement, but uh, I'll take it. Um, Well, uh, for a long time until last December, I was on the board of the Philadelphia Area New Media Association, PANMA. Uh, PANMA is an organization that's been around since 1996 that serves to connect uh, people in the digital development community, anyone who works with uh, websites and that that has grown to be so uh, pervasive and ubiquitous that it encompasses many many fields that it, that were not where that was not the case uh, some years ago. Um, and I was on the board. I was the treasurer and uh, helped plan events and um, uh, scope out the the way we would operate. That was uh, something I spent a lot of time with. <clears throat> Excuse me. I also uh, was. Uh, I'm still on the board of the Philadelphia Area Computer Society, which is an old-fashioned user group that started in 1976 when people were making computers such as they were with with Heath kit uh, uh, kits and soldering irons and that kind of thing, very old school. And it's kind of uh, faded out over the years. User groups used to be uh, about the only way that uh, people who are not experts in a field could gain expertise and share information but since the internet has become uh, the way we all live, uh, their, their utility is, is markedly uh, decreased. Uh, their usefulness, and um, so has the numbers of the organization. But it's still fun, and I was presenting on WordPress there 
um, for, um, for several years. I also go to bar camp every year and uh, <laughs> uh, do, uh, I do sessions on uh, WordCamp. If someone's not familiar with bar camp, it's a classic unconference where you know the date and the venue, but you don't know who's going to talk about what till you get there. Mm. So how did you get started as an organizer? And I know you're really involved in the community there. Well, um, I was, uh, when the Word, WordPress um, meetup started in 2010, and that was, I think, started by Brad Williams and Doug Stewart, um, I, I went because I was uh, still pretty new to WordPress at that point. It was a great way to learn about it. And I went and um, made a presentation or two and um, thought it would be kind of nice if I could, uh, you know, help out because those two fellows were doing, having to organize everything. And I asked, you know, do you need other people? And they did. And one thing led to another and uh, I just uh, stayed with it. So you're still running the, the meetup in Philadelphia. Running is... I mean, there's six of us. Um, with a number of people. I, yes, I, I yeah, appreciate yeah. you. But yes. It's um, not the Reed Gusto show. I appreciate no, it. No, it's not. Yes. Um, um, but yeah, I am. That's a long running meetup. And you've been involved with that for a long time. Yep. It's a very good meetup. Um, we, we get a, a great um, selection of people. Most of the presentations are not done by the co-organizers, which I think is very important. So it doesn't become, you know, the Reed and Susan and Brad show. Um, and, uh, most of them come from the, from the, from the attendees, great selection of difficulty, a range of topics from, you know, design, SEO code, everything else. Um, and, uh, we, uh, like, uh, we like to be able to do that. Uh, we run it 12 months a year. Uh, of course, in December, we have a happy hour instead of a, a formal meeting. It's always fun. I recognize you because you walk around WordCamps with a camera oftentimes. Um, are you a photographer? Is that your hobby? Is that something that you've done as a profession? Tell us a little bit about your photography skills. Um, at this point, it's I've been taking pictures since I was probably 16, which is a very long time. And um, But they, you know, I've only gotten serious about it in the last, serious as in taking courses and learning how all those settings of the cameras work. Um, much at a much deeper level for the last year or so. And um, yeah, I'm, I take, I've taken, oh, God knows how many thousand pictures at various tech events, mostly WordPress events, but also uh, Indie Hall Arts and uh, the Super Meetup and Bar Camp and everything else that I go to. Um, it's, it's something I'm, I really like a lot. I'm spending a lot more time with it now, and I intend to spend even more time with it um, over the next, well, as long as I can. Um, I'm taking courses uh, and I'm going to continue to do that as a way of learning and going to camera meetups as opposed to just WordPress meetups and um, uh, getting very into it and trying not to have gear acquisition syndrome, uh, which you say, oh, there's a great lens. I need to have that and go out and buy it. So I, I'm trying to hold that down. I like that gear acquisition syndrome. I've, we always talk about shiny object syndrome when we're downloading things, but I guess that doesn't really apply as much. Although I guess cameras have shiny objects as well, but that's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lots of them. <laughs> it's worse than, uh, you know, golf or fishing or something like that. I mean, you, you, there's a, 
there's no limit to the number of lenses and gadgets and filters and who knows what all, never mind cameras. Yeah. Why, if you. So <laughs> talk a little bit about what it's like to walk around WordCamp with a camera, because I would bet that you see things differently at a WordCamp. We talk about WordCamp a lot on this podcast because many, many of the people that we've spoken to find WordCamp to be a transformative experience for them. Um, in professionally and also in terms of becoming part of the WordPress community and, and learning what that's about. And, you know, we walk around, you can walk around in a daze your first few times. And then after that, you find, I find myself at WordCamp so happy to be surrounded by my, it's like a family reunion, you know, by my friends that I haven't seen for a while. So I walk around um, probably was one thing in mind, but I wonder if you have, if you can speak a little bit to what it's like, walking around with a camera and if that changes your WordCamp experience. Well, it, yeah, it does. And uh, I, I would echo what you uh, felt about WordCamps. I think, I think WordCamps are a terrific way. I, I'm, I'm very glad we run them uh, because one of the main things I think the WordPress community needs to do is be open to new, new people. And that's how we get more experienced people is we bring in more and more new people and, they hang around and learn stuff and talk and, and, and it is part of a community and you do feel like you're part of something when you go. It's a very good feeling. The camera, um, taking pictures does remove you a bit from that because you are paying attention to, I am paying attention to um, what would be a good way to show what's, to the extent that I can, what's going on in, in, what, in, in the people's heads, the, the attendees. Um, I don't like to take posed pictures, except there's certain ones where you, that's appropriate. You want to catch the speakers and maybe have them, you know, uh, give you a, a sort of a headshot sort of thing. But in general, for the attendees, um, you're looking to catch them with an expression of engagement or questioning or maybe even being um, worried or something or, or happy to catch something that tells you what's going on with them and how they're feeling. And that's what makes it a good picture. Because I mean, frankly, if you look at a hundred pictures of people at WordCamps, they can all look alike. And uh, also it's, an, I think it's, there's another role to this. And that, I think it's important to show the uh, diversity of the people that attend WordCamps. Uh, the one, at least the ones I've been to, uh, and to not uh, just take um, the, the uh, either just the speakers or concentrate on the, you know, the kind of our, we have some outstanding people and we tend to concentrate on them. I, I want to take pictures of the person standing in the corner is not saying much and, and, uh, and so forth. And just make sure that whoever's looking at the pictures knows that all kinds of people of all, you know, ethnicities and, ra and races and um, ages and men and women and anybody's welcome. So you want to capture that and not just have the same 12 stars, so to speak. Uh, show up yeah but taking the process of taking pictures does you you are removed a little because you you have to pull back you're not talking to anyone in fact you don't want people to come up to you and talk to you because you're kind of you know on duty taking the picture and um uh, you just have to build that in because people are going to do that because hey it's work camp people talk to one another yeah yeah i'm glad you mentioned the role that you play in terms of sort of showcasing the diversity and the people who are standing in the corner. That's one of the reasons that Liam and I are doing this podcast is to, so, so when you're taking their picture next time, perhaps you can tell them about hallway chats <laughs> and ask them oh, if they like to be on a podcast. <laughs> I'd be glad to. I'd be glad to. 
I should have give us their headshot to use. <laughs> I, I should, yeah. I mean, I should have a little card from you to, to hand That's them. Right. Here's the URL. Go, go check it out. You know, the birth of an idea, stuff. right here. <laughs> That's great. Reed, tell me a little bit about what you do with WordPress outside of meetups and WordCamps. Uh, we shared earlier that you build websites and you teach, but what does that look like for you day to day, week to week? Well, uh, currently, uh, for the last couple of years, I've had a couple of main clients that, that have really taken up most of the time. And then uh, there's a whole bunch of people that I've done something for over the last you know, number of years. And they'll, they'll uh, send me a text and say, hey, I need this little thing. I need that little thing. And that's, that's some of it. But mostly it's with a couple of, of uh, two, three big, big, well, big to me uh, clients that uh, soak up most of the time. Um, and they have fairly elaborate websites with a, their, their companies have a fairly, um, well, I guess the, the mission is stated simply in a sentence or two, but the, the getting that done is a very complicated process. And there's all kinds of things in the website that are intended to facilitate that. So day to day, it's mostly that. It's, it's, and, and that's fine. It's not, I, I don't have to work, you know, 40, 50 hours a week on this. And that's fine with me. I, I have plenty of other things to do. To do it. It is amazing how it's quite true that the work, whatever you have, will take up all the time you have. And um, uh, when I was working, I, I don't know how I crammed a job in here. I mean, I really don't. I have an actual job. I don't know. Is that answering your question? I, I don't it know. Does. If I, it, does. Yeah. it does. It does. It does. It does. Let me let me ask you about success, Reed. One of the questions that we ask all of our guests is about their own definition of success. And I wonder if you'll share with us your definition. And it might be a personal definition, a professional definition. Maybe it's a combo of both. How do you define success? Um, I guess at different times in my life, I might have answered this differently. Um, but for, for, for quite a while, I, I would tell you that it's when I feel that I've done something uh, constructive and useful and accomplished something that, that was useful and constructive uh, for myself and other people. That makes sense. Sounds like you do that in your all the involvement that you have in the various communities that you're in. So in your, you, you mentioned your um, role before this with the Red Cross. Yes. Um, and can you tell us a little bit more about that and how you, how you got there and um, oh, what you're wow, saying? Sure, yeah. Involved? yeah. Um, well, I think uh, that relates to your idea of success, by the way, which is what made me think of it. it. It may. It's a completely out of the blue. I mean, I never in my life would have said, oh, I'm going to work for 34 years for the American Red Cross. That never I, it never have occurred to me to do that. Um, I was, uh, you know, in my 20s, I needed a job. A friend of mine worked there, and he, they were expanding at the time. And um, he, you know, said, why don't you apply? I'll put in a, give you a reference. And I, and I did, and they hired me. And the first job was delivering blood to hospitals. So I thought, oh, this will last six months, a year, and then I'll find what I really want to do with my life, you know, one of those big things. But I really didn't know. And... Um, uh, didn't figure that out for some more decades, but working at the Red Cross was, was a good good thing to do. Um, so I delivered blood to hospitals, and then I was got to be on the phone talking to the hospitals so that I could tell the people delivering it what to deliver. And then I was put in charge of the department, and one thing led to another. And um, 
I mean, over 34 years, I've done a whole lot of things. I wound up in the finance end of it, in uh, the biomedical finance uh, for the uh, the field units in the northeastern part of the United States, about 10 of our field offices, um, handling, working with them, those offices on their budgets and variances and helping them figure out how much money they could spend on this, that, and the other thing. And that's what I did pretty much for the last, oh, I'm going to say 10 or 12 years that I worked there. It was That was a lot of it. How did you end up in Philadelphia? Well, I was born here. And um, I, I uh, you know, I went to NYU and I came back. And uh, then, as I said, I, I lived for a few years in Boston. It was when I returned uh, from Boston that I was looking for a job. And that's when I started with the Red Cross in, in my late 20s. And um, uh, I, I really liked Philly a lot, I think. And it's really, really changed so significantly I mean, certainly over the last 10 years, everybody I know who's been here for 10 years has seen that. But over the last 30 or 40 years, it's not the same city. It's not even close. Um, it's much more forward-looking. It's got tons of problems. I know we have big problems, especially in the school system and so forth, a very high poverty rate, uh, worst among the 10 big cities. But um, when, when I was growing up, there was nothing to do other than, I mean, if, if you wanted to go out at night, you could get a pizza or a cheesesteak, or if you had way more money than we had, there were a couple of high-end restaurants, and that was a, that was about it. There were there, there was no, um, I'll call it a scene. You know, there was no uh, clubs and 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 uh, casual places the way they have now, um, sprinkled all over the place. There was nothing like a coffee shop, nothing like that. It just didn't exist. Um, and, um, it was also a much more, uh, backward looking city in the sense that it was run pretty much the way it had been run in the 1950s. Um, very, um, uh, complacent and, um, somewhat corrupt, um, and, um, uh, not, uh, not very, uh, not thinking about the future very much, just more of the same, more of the same. And that, that started to change in the sixties. But um, it really took a terrific, the last 20 years, you re really have seen a big um, change. And that grew out of 1970. There was this thing called the Re Restaurant Renaissance. And I believe it was a man named Steve Poses who opened the restaurant school, which taught people not just how to cook, but how to run a restaurant business. Because, you know, a lot of people go in the restaurant business because they're very creative and so forth. But business sense, not so much. And he taught them uh how to run a successful business and be around in a few years. And that, that uh, enabled a great deal of change. And there was, there was a little more to do and that things built on that. And, and um, that was the, or I'm, I'm rambling a little bit here, but that was part of the origin of the change. And I mean, I've looked at this and every time I look around, I think, wow, this is so much better than when I was growing up. Have you lived in different parts of Philly or are you living in the same neighborhood that you grew up in or? Well, I've only that. lived in, in Philly. I've lived, I grew up in Mount Airy, West Mount Airy. And okay. I lived there for. That's over uh, near the museums for people who don't know. No. The art museum anyway, isn't it? No, well, no. That's West Fairmount. Mount. That's Fairmount. Be quiet, West, Utah. West, <laughs> West Mount Airy is south of Chestnut Hill and north of Germantown, kind of in the middle of the northwestern wing of this, so kind of a Y. And it's kind of in the middle of that. Um, and. Um, I, I 
as I say, I grew up there. Um, when I came back from New York, I stayed there for a number of years. When I came back from Boston, I lived there. And it, um, it wasn't until I uh, uh, got married that I moved downtown uh, where my wife lived. And it, just, it made a lot more sense to do that. And uh, I, we, downtown is, is terrific. Everything is here that, that we need. You can walk to everything. And given the traffic and construction, you pretty much have to walk to everything. But um, it's, it's really very convenient. Reed, tell me a little bit. I, I, I really like the way that you, I'll say dabble, and I mean that with, with just being silly. You dabble in a lot of different tech communities in and around Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. And um, was that something that, that started with WordPress and you said, oh, this is fun and this is a great community and let me see what else is out there? Or were you active in other communities? And then, as you said, you, you Brad and Brad Williams and, and Doug Stewart started the Philadelphia WordPress meetup. So you started going to that. How, you know, where, what's the chicken and what's the egg here? Where, where did oh. you start in terms of tech communities? Oh, in terms of tech communities, it would be, I, I, I guess you could say kind of, um, you want to, Indy Hall. Uh, I met, I met, um, Indy Hall, uh, a couple of the folks there ran this uh, all-day workshop on WordPress back when it was in version 2, 6, or 7, way, way early. Well, pretty early. And I went to that and thought, this is, this is outstanding. This is a whole lot easier than trying to figure out all this PHP, you know, hand-rolled PHP. And, um, uh, and, and, you know, clunky as it was, it was really slick compared to what I was doing. So uh, I guess I got started from that uh, workshop that was probably in 09 and uh, I just fooled around fooled around and then you know WordPress evolved and I uh, got more involved with it especially after I retired I had more time to do it because you know job um, yep. and, but be, but I've always I mean my whole life I've always had um, different crowds of people that I knew that, that didn't they would sometimes overlap but not always and we're, we're not interested in the same things. And I've always been a generalist. Um, I've sometimes, for a long time, I thought that was a problem. I really need to specialize a lot more. But, but I haven't thought that for a while because it's turned out to be just fine. Uh, turned out to be a good thing. What's been I your biggest... About, I want to let Tara talk what she wants to talk about. <laughs> I was going to say, what's been your biggest challenge? As you've been in this life? transition, no, no, in your sort of your day to day work and in, in in becoming more involved in WordPress and using it more. Oh, um, I think or in probably, life too. You can talk about that if you want as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's your biggest challenge. Um, probably it's uh, staying focused when when I have when I have work to do and a, and a fair amount of time to do it. Uh, it the probably the hardest thing is, is buckling down to it when there's, when the deadline is there, but it's kind of far out, you know, oh, I've got a couple of days I can do this. And then there's other things. Let me look at this. Let me look at that and, and try to trying to um, really concentrate on something uh, that um, probably wouldn't take all that much time, but um, I, I sometimes put off. That's probably the thing I would improve if I had a magic wand. What's your favorite thing to do? My favorite thing to do mm -hmm. of everything? Sure. Yeah. Oh my God. 
probably right now it's taking pictures. Yeah. I would say that. I would say photography is my favorite thing to do. Um, that's a definable thing to do. Um, well, now Tara's asking me to talk to you, and I've forgotten what I wanted to ask you about it before. So, uh, <laughs> capitals, uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Let me let me ask you about advice, Reed. And and one of the questions that we like to ask our guests is is just is about just that advice. And what's the best advice that you've been given or received or read and successfully worked into your life? Probably the the, the best advice, the most comprehensively useful advice <laughs> that I've gotten is uh live within your means, live below your means. But, and, and the best advice I would give someone who had heard that already uh, is the long run always shows up. I like that. So I have two questions. Who, who told you to live within your means? Was that your mother or father, your parents telling you that? Yeah, definitely. And in the long run showing up, is that just, the ebb and flow of life or is there a particular experience in your life that makes you No, uh, there's no particular, uh, incident or, or time when, Oh my God, the long run does show. Um, I just always thought that way. And I've always tried to keep, I mean, it's, it's, it's always in mind when I'm doing things, I'm not saying I never forget about it and, and do something really foolish that, you know, might be fun or, interesting in the short run that has some disastrous long-term consequences. Fortunately, none of the disasters have been what I would really call a disaster because I'm still here talking to you. Um, and, uh, and, you know, not everybody got away with that. But um, in general, I've kind of always thought down the road, you know, what's going to happen? Um, haven't always, I mean, I no particular ability to predict to predict what's going to happen. I just know that the that some that, that things will not be as they are now, that things will be different. And some of it ties to if you live within your means or below your means, you'll probably have more money in the bank than if you don't. And that's not a bad thing when you get to my age, so or any age really. Yeah, I think that um, times have changed a lot, and that's not advice that people are given very often anymore, unfortunately. Um, They're not. They're told the opposite. And, and one of my things that irritates me the most is that, that, is that some of the, the, the brightest, some of the brightest, most creative, hardest working, best educated people we have in our culture um, are in are, are uh, find great success in marketing. And they've been building on the decades and decades, probably modern marketing era started maybe 1920, something like that. And every decade, you know, we accumulate more information, more science goes into it, more sociology, more psychology, every other branch of science, basically geared to get people to buy more stuff. Now, that did give us a $21 trillion GDP, which is very useful. It's a good thing to have. But an awful lot of it is built on hot air. And a lot of people are much worse off than they should be or could be uh, if they were kind of back, if they could be taught maybe back off on that a little bit. You don't really need to have every shiny object um, that's out there. 
yeah, there's a immediate gratification that I think the internet has given people the expectation for, and that's the you know the ease of ordering something on Amazon and having it arrive the next day or even the same day. Oh, you can't even oh, yeah. wait for it to arrive. Um, so I'm guilty of that very much. It's it's uh, it's not necessarily a good thing for your pocketbook or. You Especially since we don't have to pay for it, right? I mean, it just go. I mean, we do. It goes but on the credit card. Yeah. Right under the credit card. And there's no like handing over the cash and say, wait a minute, I need those $100 bills because I've got this, I've got that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it can be tricky to manage, to manage uh, impulsivity when it comes to internet expenses or internet purchases. That's for sure. As we sit around and talk on, over the internet with, of course, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the internet's just like fire. It's you know really, really necessary and really useful, and you can get awful hurt with it too. So there you go. That's I think our phrase for the podcast: the internet is just like fire, Tara Clave. It's just like fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh well. Reed, let me let me ask you. You've got about a minute left, and I want to ask you what is one of your most poignant memories of a word camp. You've been to a ton. You've spoken at some. You've organized more than a handful. What's one of your most memorable experiences? Either something you witnessed, or you saw, or you you know happened to you at a word camp. Well, that's a big one. I. Uh, I'll tell you, well, what, uh, what springs to mind immediately, so uh, it must be important to me. Um, there was a, a person that we know, who I will not name, um, who is um, shy um, and uh, not comfortable, as, as many people are not, speaking in public. Um, and speaking at a word camp is speaking to a whole lot of public. And even though it's a very friendly crowd, I mean, no one is no one is hostile there. It's it's, it's a very welcoming thing. It is nonetheless very scary to get up and talk to a bunch of people, especially if you haven't done it very often. And um, you know, you can you can hear see the body language and the voice and so forth. And nonetheless, plowed through it, got through it, did a terrific job, had great content, um, slides with a little bit of humor and and made, making the points well. And got through the whole thing, and I thought, well, you know, hats off to you. Yeah, it's, it's nice to see. It's nice to see someone making that step and growing. It's good, and it's good to see that happening often in our community, where a lot of people are sort of shy. And and if we can encourage them to do that at word camps or meetups, it's a great way to learn. And I think it's one of the great things about the WordPress community is that it is so collaborative and encouraging in that way. So, um, so thanks for sharing that. And thank you for joining us today, Reed. I think we are oh, out of time and we are very grateful for you being here and it's great to see you and, and get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Where well, can people find you online? Oh, I'm easy to find. If you just Google my name, you'll find, uh, uh, deltaangel.com, which is my business. And you'll see my Twitter account under Tango Foxtrot. That's, uh, and I'm on uh, Instagram as Angel Foxtrot. Not sure why. <laughs> yeah, you do a lot of different kind of trots and echoes. and, echoes, <laughs> you know. and the, the, I, I cannot dance any of those. That's a <laughs> 
Fantastic. Thank you so much for Thank doing you, this. Thank you, Reed. Absolute You're pleasure. You're See you soon. Take I care. Hope. Bye. Take care. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.